of the wonderful things that we get to do on this program is uh, have a conversation with Todd Nettleton, who is the uh, voice of the Martyrs Radio, and uh, this morning is no different. Todd, thanks, uh, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for talking to us, and uh, Happy New Year, my brother. Happy New Year to you. It is great to be with you, and I so look forward to these conversations, even though sometimes we have some hard stuff to talk about, but I just appreciate you guys helping listeners to pray for persecuted Christians throughout the year. So thank you, and and Happy New Year to you as well. Mm -hmm. So, Todd, during this time of year, just about a month ago when we were talking, we mentioned about praying for the Christians as they go through those weeks before Christmas and through Christmas and the holidays because they become targets for those that want to do harm. And unfortunately, that happened this this Christmas as well. Tell us more. Yeah, unfortunately, in Nigeria, in Plateau State, which is in the middle of Nigeria as as you go north to south, and it kind of sits on that fault line between the northern part of Nigeria, which is predominantly Muslim, and the southern part of Nigeria, which is predominantly Christian or animist. And so uh, Plateau State is sort of in the middle, right between those. And so there's a lot of conflict that happens there. But we saw multiple attacks on multiple different Christian-majority villages in Plateau State over the Christmas weekend, some on Christmas Eve, some on Christmas Day. The The total, as of right now, they're saying 140 are dead, uh, at least 300 injured, and there are some who are still missing. Mm. You know, when gunmen come to your village, you run, and some of those people who ran haven't been found yet. So we don't know if they're dead. We don't know if they're alive and still Mm. in hiding. Um, But this is... The, the fact that it happened on Christmas is significant. And like you say, we talked about this in December. Hey, if you want to make a statement about how much you don't like Christians, what better day to do that than the day Christians are celebrating the birth of Christ? And it yeah. seems very clear that this was coordinated to happen over Christmas weekend to make that kind of a statement. So uh, I would just encourage people, pray for our brothers and sisters in Nigeria, Uh, obviously those who lost loved ones, those who are recovering from injuries, um, they are discouraged. And there are reports that it took more than 12 hours for the authorities to arrive to some of these villages. So it's not like, you know, we dial 911 and and 10 minutes later, the police coming 12 hours of these attacks going on before help arrived. So it was a very difficult thing for our brothers and sisters there to go through. Is this a situation where authorities turn to turn a blind eye to this type of thing that, that they're not really all that upset that this is happening? It can be. Yes. (laughs) And it's, uh, you know, we're still finding specifics about this attack, but there have been attacks in the past where the military kind of stepped aside and let the attack go on. There have been attacks where the attackers were in military uniforms and the military said, no, 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 those weren't our guys. Well, it's like, well, wait a minute. How did they get the uniforms? How did they Mm -hmm. get the guns? What, you know, what's going on here? So there is some question about how, how serious the Nigerian government is about stopping these attacks. And it's it's one of the things that comes up every time Nigeria has a presidential election. Uh, all the candidates say, I'm the guy who will put a stop to these attacks. I'm the guy who will uh, establish stability and, and make safety for the people. And it seems like every guy who gets elected afterwards, we find out he's not the guy. He can't actually do that. So Yes, there are some situations, and particularly when you talk about 12 hours waiting for help to arrive, it's like, mm. what 
what were they doing? And, and it was Christmas. So, you know, maybe they had to, you know, get people out of their homes and, and get them armed up and get mm -hmm. them ready to go. But 12 hours is a long time to wait for help okay. when your homes are being burned, when people are being attacked with machetes. Uh, it it yeah. seems like the, the government maybe didn't do all they could have to, to stop this. Yes. So, Todd, what's next for this village? What's next for these people? It is one of the hard things. Many of them will flee and some will never go back to the village. You know, if your house has been burned down, it's like, what do I have to go back to? What do I have to go back for? And so oftentimes there is a period of time they will be in displaced person camps where many displaced are gathered together. Uh, Voice of the Martyrs right now is in the kind of the evaluation stage of, okay, how how can we help this? Mm. What, what are the most crushing needs? What are the long-term needs? How do we be an encouragement to, to people who've been affected by this? Uh, one of the other things that happens in these cases, and it's interesting, even in the reporting about the attacks, we believe the attackers were from among the Fulani tribe, which is a tribe of cattle raisers that, that migrate around this part of Africa. Uh, the people affected by the attacks were from a different tribe, but they were predominantly Christian. And so you will see news coverage of, no, this, this is not about religion. It's actually about land. And, you know, the farmers want the land to grow crops and the cattle herders want the land to run their cattle on. And, and that's what this conflict is about. But it's like, okay, yes, there is a part of that that plays into this, but it happened on Christmas. That, that, that mm -hmm. is very significant. Right. And it yes. says this wasn't about land rights. This was about making a statement of, you know, who we hate, and it is a religious motivated attack. Mm. Wow. And, you know, unfortunately, this is not the only place where consequences are happening as far as being outspoken about your faith. You were also mentioning that uh, a gentleman in Laos, uh, because he stood strong for Jesus, lost his job after quite a long career. After quite a long career, this man's name is Said, which is an interesting name for us in English, Said, uh, and Said was the leader of his village. So he had a job as the headman of the village. He had done it for 18 years, but Said came to know Christ and actually hosted a worship service in his home. When the authorities found that out, they came to him and said, hey, you need to deny Christ. In fact, they had a letter pre-written for him to sign, denying his faith, saying, nope, I don't believe in Christ. I'm I'm back to worshiping the spirits. I'm back to worshiping the ancestors. Uh, and said, refused to sign it. He just said, no, I'm, you know, I love Jesus. I want to follow mm -hmm. Jesus. I'm going to follow Jesus. And they said, okay, well, you're done. You're fired. And so an 18-year career out the window, uh, his income, which he supported his family with, out the window, that's gone, all because he refused to sign this document and said, no, I'm going to follow Christ. And it's interesting, as he talked to one of our contacts in Laos, uh, he was not, he had no hesitation about the decision. He was like, yep, uh, I, I am going to follow Jesus. I don't care. I'm not worried about that money. I'm not worried about my income. God's going to take care of me. I am going to follow him. And it reminded me of just about a year ago, I was in Southeast Asia. I got to sit down with some Laotian pastors, and this is a common story. If you're going to follow Christ, there's no room for you in our village. We don't want you here. You need to move to someplace else. We're not going to employ you. You're going to lose your job. All this pressure to come back to the, the local religion. And 
one of the things we heard, and it's fascinating to me as because I don't think this way, but one of the things we heard is, you know, if there are Christians in our village, the spirits, and they are very animistic, the spirits are going to be angry about that. And so the rain's going to stop falling. Our, our gardens are not going to grow anymore if we allow Christians to be amongst us. Uh, and so we have to get rid of the Christians so that the spirits aren't mad. And so the rain will keep falling and our crops will keep growing and, and we'll, our life won't be affected by this. Uh, and so it's interesting to see that that is so ingrained in the thought process that you would fire someone from their job. You would kick them out of the village. You would, in some cases, tear down their house so they don't have a place to live in the village, mm. all because we don't want to make the spirits mad. And I suppose having the conversation and trying to explain your spirits aren't the ones that control the weather <laughs> is is a moot point. Is just there that's not that's not a conversation they're willing to have or or even willing to listen to. I would imagine it is not one they're willing to listen to. But sometimes God will show up in a powerful way, and once they see that, like with their own eyes, oh wait a minute, your God is more powerful than the spirits. Mm. Uh, we we had stories, we heard stories of people being healed from sickness, and it's like wait a minute, mm. if your God is is more powerful than the spirit, your God actually answers prayer. He actually heals people. Oh, okay, I'm going to follow your God because now I've seen. You know, I, I want to follow the God or the spirit that's most powerful. And I see with my own eyes that your God is that God. Okay, I'm going to follow him. And one of the things that happens, and it's interesting, in Sed's case, apparently he had been a believer for a fair amount of time. But we will see brothers and sisters who have come to faith on Saturday being persecuted on Wednesday. And and they stand up. They say, no, no, no. I saw that your God is more powerful. I'm still going to follow him. And it's like... It's not, it's not like they've read the whole Bible. It's not like they've been to seminary. They have just seen the power of God, and they've been so impacted by it that they refuse to deny him, even under pressure, even under persecution. And Todd, you know, it's my prayer that we're impacted by hearing these stories. Absolutely. Amen. You know, Amen. And recounting these believers, you know, just thinking about these brothers and sisters that are standing for Christ amidst great persecution and cost in their own life. And doing it with such joy, doing it with not regret, but joy. Yeah, that is one of the amazing things about persecuted Christians is just the joyfulness that they have. And I think we often picture them as kind of depressed and downtrodden as, oh, man, I can't believe I had to do this. I had to go through this. And it's like, no, they have a smile on their face and they are thanking the Lord that he is with them. Mm. Um, and it, you know, it reminds me of the book of Acts. The, the, the apostles left the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer yes, for the name yeah. of Christ. We still see that same sense of rejoicing today. Yeah. There's an opportunity for people too to kind of relive some of these moments from last year in your podcast. So tell us more about that. Yeah, the last two weeks of the year, we go through, and I, I don't like to call them greatest hits. I like to call them <laughs> moving moments. So the the most moving moments on VOM Radio. Mm. So we spent two episodes, and they're available on the website, vomradio.net. They're available in the podcast stream, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, but these are just snippets of some of the amazing conversations that we've had, some of the amazing stories we've mm. heard of. You know, God establishing a church in a place where there had never been a church before. Uh, one of my favorite conversations, because 
I, I think we're the only place you can hear it is with an American couple who was detained in China. Uh, and it's interesting. We, we just talked about a spirit of joyfulness. They talked at the end of that conversation about how thankful they were to have gone through that experience. And he was uh, seriously interrogated for a number of days, literally strapped into a like a giant high chair where he couldn't move and his hands were tied. And, and they questioned and interrogated him for days and days and days. And yet he said, I'm thankful that we went through that experience mm -hmm. because we got to see a different side of God than we see in our everyday easy mm -hmm. life. Um, and so that's just one of the conversations. And I love these episodes because they're a great intro. If you've never listened to Voice of the Martyrs Radio before and you're wondering, I don't know if I'd like to hear stories of persecution. These are a great kind of sampler platter to say, hey, no, I, I think you would be encouraged. I think you would be blessed by these stories. That is uh, that is a wonderful way to get into it and to start reading. And, and it's just it's it, it helps you, like you said, check your own perspective and and look at things and and see how things are happening around the world, so that you see you see your own perspective a lot clearer. Um, Todd, thank you so much for everything that you do. Thank you for taking time to be with us, um, and thank you for putting together uh, all of the information that you share with us each and every time we have a conversation. Well, it is my pleasure. Thank you, guys. And again, Happy New Year. This is going to be a great year in the Lord. Amen. Thanks, Todd.